We welcome you this morning to our podcast. If you're listening, we're excited for everyone that's in the room. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're here. This morning, I'm going to be preaching on Jesus changes everything. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus changes everything. And our worship leader didn't know what I was going to preach on, and I didn't know what he was going to sing. So we love it when that happens. My subtitle is The Last Will and Testament of Jesus Christ. But let's open up with something funny. So a CEO takes over a company. They'd hit, it was a Fortune 500 company, but they'd hit a little bit of a bad place in their finances, and he called everyone in the company down into the large cafeteria, and he was letting them know a new sheriff is in town. Things are going to change. No slackers. We're going to pull this company back up to where it is, but he was noticing a young man sitting disinterested, leaning on pizza boxes, tapping his little fingers. He didn't seem to be listening to everything. Finally, he'd had enough. He walked over to that young man. He said, how much money do you make a week? He said, about $300 a week. He goes, pulled out a big wad of $100 bills and said, here, you're fired. Here is eight weeks, $2,800. Get out of here. The young man left, and then he looked around the company like, I guess I just showed you. And he said, does anyone in this room know what that young man does in this company? And one older woman sheepishly lifted her hand, said, yes, you've been here a long time. What did he do? Sir, he is the Domino's delivery boy. <laughs> So sometimes you get more than you thought you were going to get. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, that was funny. Jesus changes everything. Hebrews 9 and 11. So Christ now became the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, someone say his own blood. Not the blood of goats and calves. He entered the most holy place once and for all time and secured our redemption forever. So look at your neighbor and say, he secured our redemption forever. First Peter 1 and 18 says, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life. Are you glad to be saved from an empty life? A dead end life is one translation says. You inherited from your ancestors, those traditions, but it was not with gold or silver, but it was the precious blood of Christ that you can now have a future with God. Jesus changes everything. Can you say amen? Father, we welcome your Holy Spirit that's already present in this room. We sensed your power during our incredible praise and worship. Now we ask you to speak to every man, woman, and child in this room. Whisper what your servant does not even say. Come, Holy Spirit, and do what you do best. Teach us and lead us by the grace of God. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen. Now, when a son, Hebrews 9 and 16, says that when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that that person who made the will is dead. Only upon that person's death is that will put into effect, is what Hebrews 9 and 16 says. So I thought it'd be interesting to know, interesting to know, some of the things that people left in their will that are just slap crazy. Come on, someone. Everyone remember the billionaire hoteler, Leona Hemsley? She left $12 million to her Maltese named Trouble. Come on, somebody. A judge stepped in and, and put it down to two million, but she also told her grandchildren, you will get your inheritance if you visit your father's grave every week. A legacy of bitterness, Michigan millionaire Wellington Burt used his will to put enormous wealth out of the reach for his family for almost a full century. 
He died in 1919, and he said, until 21 years after the death of my last surviving grandchild, then the remaining relatives can get it. In November 2010, that time ticked, and 12 people discovered they had $110 million. Wow, come on, somebody. Another lawyer wrote, my rich and crazy uncle, and not crazy in a good way, when he died, he had no friends. He left his entire estate to an Elvis impersonator, everything. Come on, somebody. Another lawyer said, my grandfather saved his kidney stone so that he could leave it to my cousin. They never really got along. Come on, somebody. And one woman said, this is my last will and testament. These are all legit. Look them up on Google. This, my last will and testament, I leave to my children being of sound mind. I spent all your money, and it's in the craft room that I have. Just go and enjoy it because I bought things instead of giving something to you. Someone say they're crazy. The good news is Jesus Christ has left everything to you. His last will and testament which is the word of God, he has left everything to you. Everything good, everything holy, everything for healing, everything you need in courage, everything you need in direction, for purpose, for wisdom. The last will and testament of Jesus Christ was proved true when his blood was shed at Calvary and he rose again from the grave to the right hand of the Father. You are blessed children of the Most High God. Give him praise this morning. You'll never find yourself without peace, Pastor Ramon. You'll never run out of provision. You'll never encounter grief that joy cannot be restored. You can never be without his abiding life-given presence. He has promised it to you. You will never be out of his care. And if we sang as we sang this morning, fear will bow, chains will fall, lives will be healed, hope will be restored. For Jesus, you change everything. Someone give him a shout of praise in this house. A story I've told many times has been told by many preachers. I'm not the first one to tell it, but a lot of my friends, I heard Jensen tell it recently. But many years ago, I ran across the story of a man in the early 1900s. He got on a ship, a, 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 an ocean liner, to cross from Europe to America. And he saw a buddy of his on the um, outboard of the, you know, the, where you stand when you're getting ready to go. They greet each other. But through the whole time of crossing that great ocean, the one friend never saw his other friend. And at the end of the time when they landed in America, he said, hey, man, where were you? I looked for you every day at the captain's table. I looked for you at dinner. He said, oh, no, I, I had to buy a cheap room. My room was down by the boiler. I packed crackers and peanut butter, and I had my water, and I couldn't afford Afford that ticket so I just stayed in my room this whole time and the man said buddy you don't understand when you bought that ticket it included everything it was all inclusive are you and I living according to the benefits that Psalms 103 says bless the Lord oh my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all my sins who heals all my diseases who redeems me from death and he crowns me someone say he crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies and he fills my life with good things so my strength is renewed as eagles are we eating crackers in a boiler room are we taking from the buffet of Jesus Christ and every provision he's given me and you someone give him a shout of praise Jesus you change everything 
I see Jennifer, and I think how Jesus has changed her. I see Monica, and I see how Jesus has changed her. I see McKenna, and I see how Jesus has changed her. I see former atheists in this room that now proclaim Jesus Christ. I see people who once dipped into drugs and now don't. I see people in this room, when you showed up at a family reunion after you encountered Christ, they thought, what in the world happened to you? I see people who were once murmurers and complainers, but now they're grateful. I see those who were fearful, but now they're through faith. I see those that were sad, but now they're joyful. Why? Because Jesus changes everything. Come on, give him a shout of praise. He changes everything. The problem happened in the fall of mankind and Adam and Eve, you know, sinned and everything changed and they put fig leaves and covered themselves up. And I don't know if you've ever had someone or let's imagine that you had someone and they show up at your house every night. They knock on the door. You love them. You're always so joyful to see them. You're also excited to have fellowship, a cup of coffee and, and just talk, you know, just love them. And one night they don't show up. You would wonder where they are. God didn't wonder, but he knew. And he said, where are you? Because he knew they were lost and they didn't open the door to him. You see, he knew where they were, but he wanted them to locate themselves to him. They did not meet him at the usual place, and sin still seeks to try to get you and I not to meet God at the usual place. Can I get an amen? If that's a walk in the woods where you meet him. Me, it's usually coming here early in the morning and praying through an empty sanctuary. This week I found a new joy. I just need to get under the grace spout. You ever been there? And I just came and walked around here and prayed and I felt that new strength of joy and resolve. But the enemy wants to keep you from that. Your house of worship. Through 32 years of being a pastor, I've heard amazing reasons. And I understand why people said I couldn't come Sunday, Pastor, to me or to Pastor Hank or to one other of us here that's in pastoral leadership. I felt so defeated this week, I couldn't come to House of Worship. I felt so isolated. I'm embarrassed. I drank all night Friday night, and my hangover is so bad, I don't know how I can come into the house of the Lord. I'm going to say it once. I'm going to say it twice. I'm going to say it 150 million times as much as I can say it. I don't care how drunk as a skunk you are. I don't care if you smell of whatever. I don't care if you look like what you've been through. Don't let the enemy convince you that you can't come to the house of worship. This is a place where love, acceptance, and forgiveness flows. Someone give Jesus a shout of praise. This is the place where you come. If you think the rest of us come in here because we are just woo, high as a kite on the word of the Lord, gonna go in there and take out my sword, gonna cut the devil in two right now. Jesus, Jesus, here we are now. Oh my word. That's putting on a chair. There's times I come in here when I feel so defeated. There's times I come in here when I have felt lazy as a snail waiting on a slug. Come on, somebody. There's times I come in here when I feel like my prayer life has been minimal. But I have always found that King Jesus will meet you whenever you come to meet him. Someone give him a praise. The enemy wants to isolate you. As we know, when animals, um, Pastor Frank used to show an empowerful thing about buffalo, and a baby buffalo got way behind, and a mountain lion, of hyenas were coming after it because it was isolated from the herd. The enemy wants you to be isolated so he can pick you off. And God says, where are you? He knew where they were. He was saying that so they would acknowledge that they're lost. He knew that they were lost. I'm going to tell you how important it is to locate yourself to God. I'm going to tell you how important it says to say to him sometimes, I'm just so tired, Jesus. 
Jesus, I'm so lonely. I feel forgotten. I feel like I'm not useful. I feel like I'm overlooked. We take too many times putting things on social media. I'm not against that. We take too many times saying things to people that can't do anything for us. I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you this morning. As I do, I am so unashamed and unafraid to tell him everything because he already knows it. Locate yourself to the king. Can you say amen? I don't know if you've ever been lost. This has been back in the days, young men, before there was GPS. And I was driving through the, the uh, city of Atlanta and through the interstates, and there's no way I could use the atlas. I was by myself, and I couldn't find myself, and I got worried. I got anxious. I was trying to get to my dear friend Melissa's house, and all of a sudden, I called her, and I was just, I was in tears, and she said, Rhonda, where are you? Tell me what you see, because she had lived in Atlanta for many times. She, I said, I see this, and I see that, and I see that. She goes, I know exactly where you are. You stay right there. I'm going to, it's too confusing. Get off the exit. I'm coming for you. And here she had a big old red Cadillac at that time. She always wore red lipstick, cute as could be. She pulls up. I follow that red Cadillac. We go and eat a bunch of Zaxby's and chocolate cake and watch The Biggest Loser while we feed our bodies. Come on, somebody. I love it that Christ locates us in our mess. I love it when our lost. He says, I know right where you are. I'll help you to find your way. I love it that he locates us in our disappointments. I know right where you are. I'm coming for you. And he did that at Calvary. Jesus changes everything. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus changes everything. You see, the fall of mankind happened and there was no mediator. Now, this is the old pattern. I'm going to call it that way. If you want a deeper study, I encourage you to read Hebrews 9 through 11. But I'm going to try to keep this right in the medium. This is the old pattern. This is the new pattern. But there was no mediator to get to the new pattern. Now, you know, some of us older folks love to tell you younger folks the things that we endured. It's not that we want you to feel bad about us. We want you to feel good about what you have. We want you to know there was a time in Mississippi when, Mississippi, when I'd visit my papaw that they had party lines. Did you ever know anybody with a party line? And Aunt Dot would say, Bertha, I just was on the party line and I heard Sally. She has done something terrible. And I heard Billy tell Sally, and it was a party line. You were never having a private conversation. Thank you, Lord, for private conversations except Big Brother. Come on, somebody. There you go. Then we want to tell you about the rotary lines. I'll get this number done by the time Jesus comes back. We want you to know how great it was. And we didn't have Google. We had to look inside encyclopedias. Can you imagine day a cafe and everyone brings in their encyclopedias? Did, did, did Bob Dylan record that song? I don't know. Let me get into my encyclopedia. Who was that in that movie? You see, you are so blessed because that's the new pattern. We didn't even have the internet. And when we got the internet, it was... You've got mail, but wait for it for 40 seconds. Go wash your hair. Go comb your dog. Go do something and come back. Someone say, we're blessed. Sometimes we want you to know how blessed you are in the new pattern. And today I speak of the old pattern. So you and I will know how wonderful the new pattern is. Can you say amen? Once a year, the high priest entered the Holy of Holies and he approached the mercy seat. And he would give blood for his own, out of an animal, for his own sin. And then he would do it for other sins. Before he could even go in, Brother Keith, he had to shower. Can you imagine this morning if we had tons of public showers? I mean, we appreciate your attention to your personal hygiene, absolutely. But can you imagine if before you came in, you had to get in a public shower and rinse off and come in here all wet before you could worship Jesus? 
Anybody thankful for Calvary? Come on, somebody. Anybody thankful for Calvary? There was sacrifices. There was grain. Um, there was, you couldn't wear wool with linen in the Old Testament. If you're a woman, you had to sit outside the camp at a certain time of the year. You could not touch a dead body or you would be dead. You um, could not lie or you would be stoned. If you committed adultery, which one young uh, Timothy of mine said one time, she didn't know which was worse, uh, drinking, you'd drink poison, and if you committed adultery, your thighs would swell. She goes, I don't even know which one of those options I like better. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Someone say it was too much. It was pointing to a better way. In fact, the regulations and everything that was there, well, that didn't work well. There you go. Was endless as that tape. You couldn't meet it. You couldn't do it. But at Calvary, Jesus paid it all. Can you give him a shout of praise? I'm glad you don't have to get a ticker tape that would go all the way to Atkinson Drive of all the regulations. I'm glad that Jesus was the bridge between the old pattern and the new pattern. Someone wave a hand and say, thank you, Jesus. And in that tabernacle, hang with me. I've made this as clear as I can and illustrate it as well as I can. There was the rod of Aaron inside the Ark of the Covenant. The mercy seat is what's set on top of it. There was the rod of the liberating presence of God when he crossed the Red Sea and brought the Israelites out of Egypt. The manna was showing that he divinely and supernaturally fed them in the wilderness. And then there was the Ten Commandments. Give God a hand clap of praise. But these things were merely a shadow of what was to come. Every year, once a year, everyone say once a year, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and he would offer a sacrifice. This is my thoughts. When I was growing up, my parents prayed a prayer with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me for all my sins today. If you should come or call tonight, please take me home. Every night, my sister and I would just lay there. And then I got a little older and I said, Mommy, what if I sin during the day? What if I sin when I first wake up before bedtime? Of course, then she tried to explain the whole thing about the cross. But here's the deal. That could not cleanse our consciousness. It was once a year. So how many days do you wait? I don't know about you, but when I do something I'm mad about, I feel bad about, my failures, I spoke words I shouldn't have said, my actions, my thoughts, my words, one day is too long to have to carry that failure. One hour. Can I get an amen? The quickest thing you can do is say, forgive me, Jesus. Shorten that amount. My, one of my mentors, Dr. Kendall, says, by the time you do something and you ask him for forgiveness, get it shorter and shorter and shorter. The older you become in him, the more you realize that. So they had to wait 364 days. 265 days was too much. 21 days, 14 days. One day is too long. That is something you and I will never have to carry as a burden. We are on this side of Calvary. Merely we say, Jesus, forgive me, and Calvary paid in it all. Someone give him a shout of praise. Charles Wesley in 1744 penned the words of what that group of people were looking at. Come thou expected Jesus Messiah, born to set your people free. Free our fears and sins release us. You are our strength and our consolation Messiah. You are the hope of all the earth. You're the desire of every nation. They were longing for redemption. Look at your neighbor and say longing for redemption. A professor was writing in one of the commentaries that I read. It was on Psalms 42. It wasn't on this, but I thought it was so apropos. He said he was out in the California mountains doing some uh, masonry. And he said there was no sounds except for a little twinkling of a string near him. 
And all of a sudden, he heard this hoof, 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 hoof beats in a staccato sound. And he thought, what is that? And he looked to see a doe, and she was thundering down the mountain, zigzagging, leaping in panic. He knew then from being in the mountains that a mountain lion was after that doe. She passed, she passed, and then she paused. Just like for a minute, I've been on the greenway, the deer always come out. And Pastor Hank would always say, what time is it that you're seeing them? Because he was a harvester of deers. What time? I'm going to say, honey, I just saw, what time is it? What time is it? I said, honey, I just saw a beautiful deer. Don't talk like that. But she paused, panting. And I've seen them on the greenway trying to get to the stream. And their chests are going out. Her tongue was hanging out. Her eyes were full of fear. She heard the sound of the trickling of water, and after several minutes of keep looking over her back to see if that pursuer was still coming, but he had relinquished, she walked to the stream and said she drank as if her life depended on it. That reminds me of Psalms 42, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. We used to sing that, as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after you be. We did King James back then, sorry. Oh, thank you, okay. Uh, panting, thank you, that'll be all now. Um, <laughs> panting hearts, longing for intimate relationships. That was us, just like that doe with a pursuer on our backside, trying to get us, fear and panic gripping us. We longed for redemption. We longed for the water that would come. We longed for the salvation that would come from Calvary, but the way had not been made plain yet. But I'm glad today I don't have to long anymore for salvation. Salvation is secure in Jesus Christ, the son of the almighty God. I don't have to be in fear and panic when someone's pursuing me because someone greater is on my side. If God before me, he is more than the world against me. Give him a shout of praise this morning. The legendary Sundasiri Sai, I know, say it seven times fast, famous holy man of India who was miraculously converted as one professor wrote about. And he said, I knew God alone could take sin and heal it. But I did not know until how, until I came to know Jesus. Hebrews 9 and 11 says, Christ came as a high priest of the good things. Look at your neighbor and say, the good things. Say good things are coming. Rather than using the simple verb and that we would think of Christ came, he used a Greek word, parajimoas, which means to come alongside. Let me illustrate this for you this morning. Carter, will you come help me? You come stand by me real quick. Come, 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 come. Give Carter a hand. Just stand right by me. Let's pretend that Carter is one of those runners and you've seen him on marathon. One of my favorite pictures is the African runner who he hurt his leg and he's crying and he's trying to get to the end of the marathon. They spend their whole life running and they asked an African, why do you run so fast? Well, if cheetahs and tigers were, were running after you, you'd run fast too, come on. And all of a sudden, he, Mufasa, all of a sudden he hurts his leg and you see his father come along and his father says to him, so I should have gotten someone taller, but Carter, we're gonna make this happen, buddy. He says, lean on me. Maybe this, I'll be Jesus and this is you. Lean, I'll take the weight off of you and I'll come alongside of you. I'll carry you when you're exhausted and weary. Let's walk this way. And stumbling in life. When you come to the end and you don't have the energy and you don't have the stamina, I, the Lord, 
Lord through the cross of Calvary will pick up the weight and I will help you to make it through the end. Someone give him a shout of praise. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. That's what Jesus did for you and I. He came alongside us. He put his strong arm around us that we might stand firm. And he says to us, I put my perfect atonement underneath your shaking feet. I put my perfect blood underneath your trembling hands. And as I would say to an athlete, I say to you, says the Lord, it's okay. I've got your potential. It's awesome. The best is yet to come. Someone give Jesus a shout of praise. Jesus changes everything. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus changes everything. The Bible says we have a high priest who perfectly fits our needs. He doesn't have to sacrifice for his sin. All the priests that went in once a year, they first had to sacrifice for everything they did. And they had to do it fast because people outside was worried they're going to get struck down dead and they had to drag them out by their ankle. But that's another story for another day. So they would try to do it as fast as they could because people were outside hoping that the high priest could get atonement. I want to thank you, Jesus, that all I have to say again is, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, have mercy on me. I don't have to wait for a priest on this earth. I don't have to wait for a bishop on this earth. I don't have to wait for a nun on this earth. I don't have to wait for a friend on this earth. All I have to say is, King Jesus, spotless lamb, you paid it all. I receive your redemption today. Can you give him praise this morning? So you see, Christ is the mediator of the new covenant. He was the bridge to bring about a great reconciliation. The Bible says in Hebrews 9 and 15, for this reason, Christ, everyone say Christ, is the mediator of the new covenant. Mediator means to settle disputes. Jesus came to mediate between God and us. And when he did, he was the bridge that crossed the great divide. Through his blood, he laid down his life and he came and he took his blood and he attached it to the mercy seat. And he became the scarlet thread that delivered you and I. I thank you for the blood, Jesus. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your sacrifice can you offer him a praise that he's worthy of this morning he laid down his life he is the bridge I walk upon he is the king I worship hallelujah to Jesus somebody give him a shout of praise thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Josh and Chris if you'll come help me not quite done but want to get that done there is no longer a need for an ark anymore. Stay with me because them coming sometimes makes you think, oh, we got two minutes. You got more than two minutes. Hang with me. But it's a shorter one today. I'm working on that. There is no longer a need for an ark. This ark was carried around with them so they would remember the miracles of God. But this side of Calvary, we are so blessed. We don't need that anymore. Romans 8 says, therefore, there's no condemnation in Christ. Because what the law could not do, that ticker tape, it would have gone all the way to Atkinson Drive if we'd let it, maybe. The law could never save me. That's why I'm opposed to pharisaical ways and religious ways. I want relationship. I do not want religion. 
I'm opposed to anything that, as Jesus said, the Pharisees, you make people twice the son of hell that you are. You make it so hard for them to get in the kingdom. You bind them with your endless liturgy and your endless making of show. And what the law could not do for you and I, Jesus Christ did by his blood. Someone give him a praise this morning. And now we don't need to carry that ark, Chuck. We don't need to be reminded of that. We have the endless praise of our voices that ascend into the heavens forever. When we get to heaven, we think, I'm going to ask Moses, what was it like to part that Red Sea? I'm going to ask David, what was it like to slay Goliath? But I believe they will look in you and I and say, will you tell us what it was like to be on that side of Calvary? Because we were on the other side. Would you tell us what it's like? To have the Holy Spirit, I love you, sir. I love you so much. Living inside of you. What was that like? We didn't have him living inside of us. Often I will thank the Father. This is not about me, but I try to bring you into my devotion so you might learn. I will say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus. He changes everything for me. And Jesus, thank you for sending me Holy Spirit. Thank you that you told your disciples it's better that I go that he may come. Because he lives inside of us. He walks with us. He talks with us. He guides us. He's that voice that reminds us. He's that strength. When we're weary, he's our comfort. Can I get an amen from anybody in this room? I don't need to carry around that rod anymore. Because I've seen supernatural power in God in my life and yours. When we cross things that we should not have been able to cross. I've seen his miracles in big and mighty ways make what happened what should not have happened. I've seen him restore, hallelujah, what appeared to be beyond restoration. I've seen the hand of God upon individuals doing things that should have been impossible to them. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he's not able. He is more than able. Can you say amen? I don't need to carry around that manna that fed them in the desert because I've experienced him in my own desert. I've seen my Jehovah Jireh when I didn't have enough. I've seen him when I had so little and he made it more than enough. I've seen a job ending and him sustain people till the next job started. Can I get an amen? I've seen people get their pay cut and he still made a way. I've seen children of God not begging for bread but worshiping him. I know him as Jehovah Jireh. Can you say amen? You see, I've experienced the wonder-working power of the blood. I don't have to send someone in to the mercy seat. I don't have to send them in. That plan was a good plan, but God said, I'm giving another plan. This time, it's not going to be on a ticker tape rolling out to Atkinson Drive. I'm going to write my law on your heart. You're going to know me. The little, the big, the small, Paul said. You will know the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness this morning? I need no other argument. I need no other plea it is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me enough for me that Jesus saves this ends my fear and doubt my great physician heals the sick the lost he came to save for me his precious blood he shed for me his life he gave can you give him a praise this morning can you give him a praise his blood has cleansed you to serve him you have a gift and a talent, only you can do. The instruments in the temple were often cleansed, but he's cleansed you by the blood. 
He's cleansed you and called you to serve. I want to say to you this morning, as the pastor of this house and a preacher to those listening by podcast, when you get tired, don't quit. Learn how to rest in all he's accomplished for you. Don't quit. That familiar verse of Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. But I like the way Eugene Peterson frames it in the Message Bible. Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. You ever needed your life recovered? I have. Come on, wave a hand. Let the angels take a snapshot. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it, the message says. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I'm going to tell you something. There's an unforced rhythm of grace that God has for you. If you feel a little overstressed, if you feel a little pushed to the limit, I want to say to you, get back under the glory spout. Get back under the grace spout. How do I do that? Just say, Lord, I've run out of my grace. Can you just shower me with your goodness? Come on, somebody. And you'll find there is a rhythm. There is a rhyme. Just like I, Pastor Hank always said, honey, you got the rhythm of an African-American. Where did you get that from? I said, I don't know. Great Aunt Betty. Maybe she had a little bit of soul. But I love rhythm. When music starts, I got to move. You probably noticed that. I love rhythm. I love the, the beat of the drum, the guitar, the keyboards. I love the beat and I love the rhythm. The rhythm. But sometimes we get into our own rhythm and Christ says, you need to get into the unforced rhythm of my grace. You need to let me pour on the grace spout. Hebrews 4 and 16 says, Let us then approach and come boldly to the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy. Someone say mercy. And grace. Someone say grace. To help in our time of need. Neuroscientists, I'll have to leave this for another time, but they have discovered by tracking the brain, they used to think your brain was completely formed by adolescence, but they discovered it's not. They've been tracking people who pray. These are not Christians. They've been tracking people who pray, pray 12 minutes for eight weeks, and their brain changed. They found that they increased in activity associated with interaction, compassion, and sensitivity to others. Their frontal lobe was encouraged with focus and intentionality. I'm going to tell you something. Coming to the throne of grace, you find mercy and your brain can be changed. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? You're going to become what you're thinking about. So next time you think you're going to take those things back from God, you need to remind yourself that Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding for you. Romans 8, with everything going on in heaven, with everything happening, there's so many wonderful things going on up there, but in the throne room, it's different. There's colors and lightnings and sounds and angels and elders are throwing down their crown. I mean, there's great fishing and hunting. Oh, there's all that up there. It's just their universities, beautiful things, but in the throne room, there's a lot of action, but the Bible says that Jesus is not, he is not detoured, he is not distracted, with holy, holy, and the elders are putting their crowns down and cherubims are flying around him because he's the one who redeemed God's children. But the Bible says he is not distracted, he is not detoured, but he is at the right hand of God, speaking to God, saying, God, I want to mention Misty to you today. Lord, life feels strained for Chuck. Brokenness is in the way for Michael. Jesus, I 
want you to know today. Speak my name to the Father. Speak my name to the Father. Stand up for me today. Are you glad that he's interceding for you today? Give him the best praise. Jesus, mention my name to the Father. I can't think of anyone I've ever had to pray for me better than you, Christ. When I'm weary, King Jesus, tell our Father, I need more strength. King Jesus, I need this prodigal to be saved. Talk to our Father about it. He listens to you. You shed your blood. You restored to him all of his children. You are our elder brother. And we ask you, Jesus, speak my name to the Father. Such a powerful thing that He ever lives to make intercession for you. You may feel like that no one's praying for you. I'm almost to my closing illustration. You may feel like that no one notices you, but there's one who was not distracted. He is not detoured. He is speaking your name. He is speaking your list. He is speaking everything on your heart to the Father right now. If He's praying for you, you are more than set. Just lift a hand and worship Him just for a moment. Just lift a hand and worship Him. We praise you, King Jesus. Just honor Him in this room. We praise you, King Jesus. We thank you for your sacrifice, but we thank you right now. You're at the right hand of Abba. King Jesus, thank you for praying for us. Thank you for living to intercede for us, not just in the Calvary's role, but in everyday life. You are praying for us, and we will not fail because of you. Can you say amen? So the book of Revelation, as we close, John the Beloved, the great John the Beloved that loved Jesus so much, who leaned on his back or his chest at the Last Supper. In his closing days, he's trapped on the Isle of Patmos. He's been boiled in oil, and he has a vision of the throne room of heaven. Jesus changes everything. It said it was strange because it, it looked like the Son of Man, but he had changed since the time I saw him when he ascended to heaven. His hair was white as wool. His eyes blazed with fire. Can you imagine eyes like that? He had a double-edged sword out of his mouth. And in his hands, he was holding the stars of the church in one hand and the other hand, the keys to death and hell. John gave him the title of King of the Universe. You see, think of all the powers on the earth, the movers and the shakers, the opinion makers. Jesus is ruler over all of them. Can I get here an amen this morning? Jesus is higher than the ruler or the presidents, the prime ministers. He is higher than the statesmen, the party hacks, the Democrats, the Republicans, the independents. Jesus is ruler over all. And maybe all do not realize it this morning, Sherry, but one day they will, for the Bible says that every need shall bow before him every star every rock star every potentate every president from the rich to the poor their knees will buckle when they see the one who freed me from sin and hell their knees will bow and their tongue will confess that he is Lord can you say amen this morning and John is overcome and he falls like dead he said I feel like dead before him no wonder he's overcome. He's overcome by the distance between John who was human and now Jesus who is glorified. John falls in surrender and in awe. 
Jesus changes everything. He does something so powerful. He says, John, John, to illustrate this, let me explain it this way to you this morning. Rich Mola, a Fuller Theological Seminary professor, said when he was in kindergarten, one day in December, a visitor came to class with a big red suit, a splendid sash, head and hair white as snow, feet, boots, black as coal. His voice was like the sound of rushing water. Ho, 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 ho. He said, I'm here to see who's been naughty or nice. Who will come tell me what you want? The five-year-old was terrified. Santa stood in the midst of them and they were sore afraid. Come on, somebody. No one was volunteering. The teacher was embarrassed and overcome. Finally, Santa looked at little five-year-old Rich. Come sit on Santa's lap. Rich walked slowly like the walk of death up to Santa. Scared out of his little mind. Reluctantly gets up on his lap. But what Rich did not know, Santa was actually a man from his church. A man he loved named Mr. Cooper. A man who had showed him such special and godly attention. Rich knew him and liked him a lot. But all Santa felt was Rich's fear. So Santa did something. He pulled back his beard. He put his hand on Rich's shoulder quietly so no one could hear. He goes, hey, hey, Rich, don't be afraid. It's me. It's Mr. Cooper. You already know me. I'm your friend. I want to tell you, I want to lead you back to John because no wonder he fell face down like dead with the glorified Christ, the Son of Man. But all of a sudden, John feels a hand on his shoulder. And Jesus says, John, John, it's me. Don't be afraid. You already know me, John. I'm the one that you love. I'm your friend. Remember, we fed the multitude. We walked on the water. We calmed the storm. The paralytic came through the roof and we raised him. We worked miracles. Remember Mary when the demons came out of her. Don't be afraid. I am the Son of Man, the Ancient of Days, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the ruler of the kings of the earth. But I am also your friend. I am Jesus. Someone give him praise. Stand all over this room. I got one more place to have to stand. I am the one who went to the cross. He says to you and I, don't be afraid of me, says King Jesus. Don't be afraid of my glory. It's me. Remember? Remember? And he says to John, you remember hell, the ultimate enemy and death of mankind that has locked mankind into fear? Look, John, here are the keys. Our Father has given them to me. No one who follows me will ever be trapped by death again. I've got the keys. And death, John, it's no big deal. I died and I rose again and it's not slowed me down at all. Someone give Jesus a praise. Someone give Jesus. And he says to you and I, don't let me be a theory. Don't let me be a religion. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Don't let me be a pre-incarnate something that's weird and mystical. I am your friend. In the midnight hour when you couldn't get through, it was I that walked into that darkness. When you didn't know how to keep going, it was I. I am your friend and I am your Lord. In closing, I say for each one of us, forgive us, Jesus, when we did not believe you because, Jesus, you can change everything. 
Forgive us, Jesus, when we overlooked our faith and we responded with fear and doubt. Please remind us today of your benefits. Forgive us, Lord, when faith did not answer the door. Forgive us when we put things into categories of the impossible. Forgive us, Jesus, when we believe the best was behind us because, Jesus, you change everything. Forgive us, Jesus, when we eat crackers in a ballroom, not realizing Jesus paid it all at Calvary and you want your children to be blessed and highly favored. Forgive us, Jesus, everything you secured. Forgive us, you changed my past you changed my present and you will change my future for Jesus changes everything can you give him praise this morning come join me team can you give him praise this morning all over this house come on all over this house all over this house hallelujah we're going to worship it I want you to bring him whatever you need to bring him these last few moments I want you to bring it to Him. I want you to worship Him. Jesus changes everything. If there's a place in your life that you feel the Lord is kind of pointing out or He may point out to you that you've been living beneath that which He left you in His last will and testament, ask Him now to awaken your heart and your eyes to see that thing. I open these altars. I ask you to come and worship. We're going to sing again. Holy ground, Jesus, you change everything for whatever you need of right now. Move out. Let's make this altar a place of worship this morning. Come, if you would, all over the house. Come.